0: Hi, everybody. I'm Ben Thompson. Thanks for joining us for this Flashpoint Flashback when we revisit an episode from early May. Senator Tom Tillis sits down with us, fresh off a bruising and really expensive Senate race. For the first time, the senator shared news of his prostate cancer. At the time of this interview, he was actually still recovering from surgery. He talks about his treatment, his prognosis, what he wants every man to learn. And no matter your politics, hopefully you take away from this interview the importance of being an empowered patient. Here it is, a Flashpoint flashback from May 2nd. First and foremost, how are you feeling? Feel great. Um, Came out of surgery
1: with the typical post-operative challenges, but that lasted for about a week. And then I got a great pathology report from my urologist that looks like we're we're in good shape going forward.
0: Um, Back at work already? Yep.
1: Full schedule last week in DC, full schedule this week. uh, actually through the weekend so this is a seven day week for me and uh back to a normal routine i'm not able to be active that's the thing that's killing me i'm not going to be able to be on a mountain bike for probably two months and uh, i am hiking i got six miles in yesterday so probably
0: awesome. more than my doctor advised but hey <laughs> that's better than most of us so please um in your initial statement uh you, you talked about early detection and, and you said uh never imagined that i even had cancer how much of a surprise was this for you?
1: It was a surprise. I, I, I do my annual physical and went in last uh, October. And usually I look forward to the physical because it, uh, my wife always tells me I need to eat less meat or something. And so she always worries about cholesterol, the blood counts, yep. comes back in the 98th percentile. Everything's checking off. Got uh, cardiac CT scan yeah. zero plaque for a 60 year old that's pretty good news and so checking down the list you're feeling good, good. pretty good about He's it good feeling good then he gets to the PSA test and said that it was almost twice uh, what it was four years ago uh, so it had gone up from 2.75 to 4 and now 6.5 he said probably still nothing at age 60 that's that's not a uh, alarm bell but we had to look into it then i went to the uh, urologist got another psa test got the biopsy and found that i had cancer in half of the prostate gland
0: from what i understand the psa is somewhat relative to a person that's why they measure it over time to see how much it changes
1: that's right it can go up and down different things if people are taking uh, human growth hormones testosterone supplements it can elevate your psa uh, but testosterone is what they call the jet fuel of prostate cancer, it's what causes it to spread. And then through the, the uh, surgery that I had, it reduces that, I've got a PSA test, a follow-up scheduled for about two weeks, and I'm hopeful that it's gonna be down to the almost undetectable level that's frequently the case.
0: As you know, and as many Americans now know this, because I think it's the, the second most common cancer for, for men, um, there's several different treatments. You, you have radiation, you, you have cryotherapy, was what my father had. Um, hormone therapy, you you mentioned the testosterone. Um, Why surgery?
1: Well, I looked at all the, uh, and quite honestly, a part of it had to do with my official duties. I had to find uh, one that I was willing to accept the risk of the side effects, but also able to do it within the contours of a tough schedule. I was talking with doctors when I was trying to, uh, at one point they were suggesting a second biopsy, biopsy to be absolutely certain before surgery that they were Uh, going after the gland in the right way. And I started thinking about the prospects of having to delay the surgery, get another biopsy, putting me into year-end votes, and finally just made a decision that was comfortable to me. A lot of people do the beam therapy uh, that is uh, uh, a treatment that takes about a month of two-hour sessions uh, every day, seven days a week. Uh, The bead uh, therapy, the radiation pellets uh, is another option cryotherapy, high food therapy, which is not authorized in the United States, but in Canada, there's a lot out there. And I think a lot of people need to understand that it's moving at a rapid pace. So I was just talking to someone today, 10 years from now when he'll start need to be tested for PSA, he'll have far more options and probably far fewer side effects.
0: What was your family's reaction to the news?
1: Mine, uh, you know, my wife was, uh, I think, the typical uh, spouse that was very upset and uh, More so than me, it was uh, when the doctor uh, called me up with the biopsy results, I said, okay, now what? Because I at least knew that if you treat it aggressively, uh, that you had a lot of options. So I I was already in project mode to figure out how we beat this, but it took my wife and some of my family members a little bit more time. I know
0: family history is such a big deal when it comes to this, do you, do you know if you had any family history?
1: Yeah, I did. My brother uh, had an elevated PSA when he, and I think at 50 years old, so he had his prostate out at 51, and that was seven years ago and he has uh, no trace, but um, there is, that triggers a likelihood that uh, my son, my nephews may be at higher risk, I'm already telling them, listen to your doctor. but you'll probably wanna start PSA testing sooner than most, which is around 50 years
0: old. Doctors feel good about your long-term prognosis? My, uh, when
1: I went in for my post-operative review and to get the catheter out, which was another story all in uh, of itself, but um, he described my pathology report as perfect. and, And what he meant by that was the pathology report was consistent with the biopsy. So the first biopsy really was a good gauge on what they needed to treat. And uh, all of the, uh, the the cancer cells where they found it, whether or not they uh, they also dissected six lymph nodes, found no evidence that it had metastasized to the uh, lymph nodes. And uh, most other research looks like they I got it early and contained it.
0: Well, one of the reasons we wanted to do this story, and I think probably the same for you, is that for, there's stigma might be a, a, a might be the wrong word, but. Guys just don't go around talking about their prostates, much less prostate. I do. <laughs> and <laughs> just and, ask my staff. And, hey, you, and, and you are. You are. I mean, are you yeah. hoping to take away some of that stigma so that, so that men are having these conversations? 100%. Look, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time in
1: behavioral health and removing the stigma for, around behavioral health. One of the reasons why a lot of people with uh, mental health uh, issues do not come forward is because of the stigma. Now, this is something that's you know, unique to men. There are all kinds of side effects that you may have to deal with short-term or long-term. And um, it just seems silly to me to be embarrassed by getting any kind of disease. It'd be like being embarrassed for getting the flu. Um, Your mindset has to be to attack it. Uh, The most dangerous thing, and I've had several people contact me after I went public and say, i have finally, You coming out and saying what you did, got my husband back to his primary care position after getting a PSA of eight two years ago. That is really getting up to a potentially dangerous, aggressive cancer. So I said, get the PSA test. It's not like it used to be. You know, they had the digital exam, Yes. not fun. Uh, think Chevy Chase. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, now, this is just a blood test, right?
1: Right. It's a blood test. They take a part of the blood that they do with your annual physical. They take a blood test and they track it over time. If you're at around a two, they're going to monitor it. If you're at a four, five, six, seven, eight, they're probably going to recommend uh, other other options, potentially a biopsy. But there's a there's a lot of uh, there's also a lot of competing literature around the best procedure. And the fact of the matter is, the survivability rate for Radiation therapy and for surgery is very very similar. You just need to take a look at the potential side effects and and, and pick the one that you that's most comfortable for your circumstances.
0: A uh, cancer diagnosis can be life changing for a lot of folks. Has it been life changing for you?
1: <laughs> well, it was life changing the day of the surgery because I had the uh, I had the Da Vinci the robot uh, surgery, which has really become probably the most common now. And I'm telling you, just to do the surgery to have your waistline expand three inches over the course of five hours. Uh, and then deal with, uh, you know, put it on I probably put on seven or eight pounds, I got to start working that off, but I can't get active now. So um, but you know, it, uh, to me, uh, I viewed I had a medical challenge back in 2007 and uh, was able to beat it back it's the only serious health challenge I'd ever had in my life and physically active. I don't uh, was reading today trying to figure out how I can push the envelope sure. on the physical activities all I like to do. I want to be jumping out of a plane on my 61st birthday, and that's not till August. So I think that'll happen too.
0: Well, George H.W. Bush was doing it till what? Well, he was 90 or something. Yeah. So you still have 30 more years to do it. Um, does it change at all uh, how you view your job and your responsibilities?
1: Um, you know, I don't. I don't know. I, I think that. Um, the job that I have gives me the opportunity to increase awareness, uh, but really didn't, you know, I mean, honestly, through uh, through this entire process, you have to keep in mind, I was diagnosed with cancer, pre impeachment and pre insurrection. Um, But the interesting thing was there were several over the course of time that I'd gotten the uh, the the cancer diagnosis. I mean, there were some days where it may be late in the day where I'd have a conversation that reminded me of uh, the fact that I had cancer. had a lot of other responsibilities to focus on, and this is something that I didn't want it to consume me. I wanted to really make sure that I was reading, talking to a lot of people, and getting a lot of advice. And one of the great things that's come out of this are the number of members who have come up to me who have, some have chosen not to go public, a couple did, uh, sharing stories.
0: Um, finally, I mean, I know they, they, they often say that prostate cancer is something that usually die with, not necessarily die from, but we I know they estimate about 34,000 people will die from it uh, this year. My father died from it last year. What, what is your message to people who, who might be like, oh it's prostate cancer, it's treatable, it's not that serious?
1: Well it's only treatable if you get it treated. And it's only treatable if you get it diagnosed. Um, so um, the, you should. The doctors say it's the best cancer you can get if you're going to get one, uh, but it doesn't mean even with my uh, positive pathology report, there's no guarantee that there aren't uh, prostate cancer cells somewhere else in my body. Um, but because we've reduced the risk of it spreading, now it's just a matter of managing it. And so I think uh, you know the real key is just to you know, treat it like any other challenge, confront it, the odds are in your favor. The odds are stacked against you if you ignore it, if you don't seek treatment. No. Um, but if you do, and you just lean into it, uh, even the, the stuff, man, If, if the, uh, <laughs> the seven days after the surgery, um, I just look at that as, you know, that, that could be a seven-day investment in a lifetime that won't end as a result of prostate cancer so even if i do have it i believe at this point it's treatable i move on
0: how's everything else in dc
1: uh, you know it's moving slow right now i think people i i describe it like what i went through when i was uh, doing large projects at price waterhouse yeah. we're in the storming phase yeah. so the liberals think that they're gonna run roughshod the the far right thinks that they're just going to say no to everything. And then there are those of us in the middle who hope that we'll make some progress, uh, mainly on the debt, got a lot of work to do on the debt, worried about national security, very worried about Afghanistan. I think that it could potentially... Too quickly? uh, Oh, I I think it could devolve in a matter of months. You know, the estimates are one to three years, but I think you'll see some of the provincial um, uh, outpost of the Afghani government fall uh, before Christmas. And I just worry about the mothers and the kids, these young girls have been in school for the first time in their lives and the first time in decades. They're gonna probably take a step back. And I also worry about our the, the lack of intelligence gathering. We'll have what they call over the horizon intelligence gathering, but the reality is uh, there's no replacement for being there being embedded. Uh, people forget that that entire 9-11 attack was uh, launched out of an area just outside of, yeah. of Jalalabad because they were left alone to do what they did. Yeah. So, And the European, I, you know, I do worry about U.S. national security, but I think our European partners are probably most at risk.
0: I do worry that in the last couple of years we, we've, um, I don't want to say take the, our, our eye off the ball, but I feel like as Americans, uh, I, I think you all might be doing your job, and our military is doing our, their job. I feel like uh, as Americans, we have shifted our focus away from that sort of mentality that we were in for a good 10 years after 9-11. Right. Um, and I feel like we've gone back to the old way of like just sort of going about our lives, not That's, thinking about yeah. it. It's even more concerning if you take a look at,
1: uh, this doesn't get uh, news coverage, but if you just take a look at the trajectory for national uh, defense uh, uh, spending over the next few years, it's frightening.
0: How how less it is, lower yeah, it is?
1: No. It's, going to be, it's going to be successfully lower. And the reason why that's so important is you have these five-year, 10-year, 15-year major uh, weapons systems and modernization projects that are just going to keep moving to the right at the time that China is uh, compressing their time to value for new uh, systems. I mean, we've still got a, a qualitative advantage, but the quantity of what they're producing is... Uh, we had a public hearing. I mean, they're, they're trying to put a naval base in the eastern, on the Atlantic shore of, uh, of Africa. Why would you do that if you didn't have your sights set on what's on the other side of that ocean?
0: Are you optimistic about um, uh, the tone in Washington getting better at all?
1: Yeah, Yeah. For one, because it's not as bad as it seems. Uh, The reality is on any given day on the Senate floor, you'll see people that the media want to treat like they're arch rivals trying to destroy each other. They're working together every single day. Um, What has to change is the uh, the discourse outside of Washington. I mean if you take a look at the the way campaigns are run, you take a look at these uh, invisible and invincible uh, personalities on the internet, they're the root cause of the problem. Uh, and that's going to be here forever. I think that's why we have to have just a little bit more accountability, because that's that's what's producing, um, I think, the negative impression of Washington. Some members could do a better job of sure. uh, of not stoking the flames. They end up getting all the headlines,
0: yeah. unfortunately. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but it's uh, you know I, I was thinking Chris Coons and I were. Even during the uh, the last both impeachments, I was down on the floor talking with floor managers. I'm sure that if people were watching C-SPAN, they probably thought we were arguing over impeachment, yeah. but we were talking about immigration reform and intellectual property reform. Those kind of things are moving every single day. We've got a major bill for toxic exposures that's going to get out of the uh, out of the VA. It's something I've been working on, done on a bipartisan basis. The human rights. Uh, coalition or or I should say caucus that I co-chair with uh, Chris Coons doing great work just last week Senator Shaheen and I were on the call with Secretary Blinken on our NATO strategy and I'm co-chair of the Senate NATO Observer Group all that stuff happens every single day including a lot of pleasant conversations asking about spouses and
0: kids. That's actually reassuring to hear because yeah unfortunately we don't always see that. Um, Yeah I
1: mean if that didn't happen you'd go crazy up there.
0: Yeah, no. And Somehow. part of it's on us as the media. Hopefully we we yeah. can do a better job. That is it for this Flashpoint flashback from May. I'm Ben Thompson. Make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And in the meantime, I will see you on TV on Wake Up Charlotte each weekday morning on WCNC Charlotte.